Hi guys, hope you're well. Uh, I've got a really good guest today. It's someone that I only met relatively recently and we'll get into kind of how we met and stuff. Um, but again, th this whole kind of live stream and podcast is all to do with trying to share the stories of real interesting people that have kind of good stories to tell, things that I think people will find interesting. And then also we kind of dig into the business side of whatever it is they do, how it works with the idea that we can kind of share knowledge, inspire some new people, kind of talk through some interesting topics. I always like to hear their kind of backstory and that kind of thing as well. And um, yeah, so fantastic guest today. I'll let him introduce himself, just so I don't get it wrong. Uh, but Joe, just one second. So Joe, would you like to say hi to everyone? How are we doing, everyone? Um, my name is Joe Maposa. I'm a 26-year-old professional boxer from Teesside. So the, I'm trying to think where to start. So for instance, when, when did we met? So we actually met via a guy called Steve Gordon. Uh, and this was, where was it? It was uh, Neanderthals in Stockton. I think it was, that's and it the was one. prior that's to your fight one. at Newcastle Eagles Arena. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. but I must. Have, I thought obviously I was going to say for me, you know, when it was almost the first time we met, uh, and it was to do with getting tickets for his fight, which was the next day or that weekend. But we started talking about some businessy stuff and longer term, and I always had a plan to do what I could to kind of, you know, we we always plan to kind of set up and talk through business type stuff, uh, and I guess now we get to do it in a, you know in a cooler way. Uh, just with lockdown and different things. Um, so how's lockdown been treating you? Um, for myself, to be honest, it's it's been it's been quite quite boring. But at the same time, it's been good in the sense that I've been spending a lot of time with the little one, um, my partner as well. I've been getting to just relax and have having that good quality time with the family. But uh, apart from that, you know, I, I haven't been training much. Just one one session a day okay. here and there. <laughs> See, to most people, the, one the session a day is still a lot. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it for, for me. Obviously, the gym is closed as well. Um, nothing really to look forward to in the sense of any fights um, coming up as of yet. So it's just it's just everything just been put on hold. That's a, it's an interesting point, actually, because your career is boxing. Uh, that for me, I still work all day, every day. So literally, I kind of come off doing work stuff, set up the lights and the cameras and then go. So I I don't get any time off. Uh, but actually, I can imagine if you're in an industry, which I guess you are, where you've almost had time off forced on you, I imagine it's quite difficult to deal with. Definitely. Um, because every every two two or three months, we'll, we'll get the new fight dates and we have, we have to work towards that fight. So training camp, will start and we've got a routine. So all oh, that's just gone out the window, you know, with the whole lockdown and yeah. um, with what's happening uh, around the world. But obviously, we just have to follow the guidelines and listen to the, uh, the prime minister and the NHS and, and just stay at home. So can I ask kind of how you got into boxing almost, you know, I'm guessing you started at an early age? <clears throat> For myself, I was age 13 okay. when I first started in boxing. Um, is is a bit late, I'd say. Uh, some people they normally start um, a lot lot younger than myself, but um, we, me and my family, my dad brought us over to to the UK, two thousand and two, um, just just for a better lifestyle, really. Um, Can I, I came from Zimbabwe. From? Zimbabwe. Yeah, we, oh, Zimbabwe. Cool. Yeah. Yay. So um, my dad was a maths teacher, and he just wanted a better life for for everyone, really. And he got a job opportunity over in the UK. Um, and then we landed ourselves in Middlesbrough. Um, it was it was pretty odd. 
you know, different, completely different lifestyle, but we, we soon quickly got used to it. And I'd say from the age around 13, I was, I was always into fitness anyways in school. I always used to do football, used to play rugby. I used to do um, tennis, everything really. I was just really an active kid. See, and a few of my up, friends, they were... I was going to say, because I grew up in Liverpool, nobody plays rugby, it's all football and that's it. And it's just, uh, <laughs> so it wasn't until like later life at uni and stuff, you know, it's just, I think in different parts of the world, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of into different sports. And just before the call, we actually discussed what um, colour Joe wanted the background. So he said red for the borough, which uh, we kind of set <laughs> That's up as it. well. So, That's um, it, up the borough. <laughs> so did you just try loads of different sports and then somehow find your way into boxing? Yeah, well, uh, what happened was I just, I went to a boxer size session one time um, near the area where I lived. <laughs> yeah, it was really tough actually. But I just, I sort of, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the fitness side of it. Um, and I got quickly got the hang of the the combinations and moving on my feet. That's when the the, the instructor sort of recommended me to go and join um, like a, a real club where I went to Middlesbrough ABC. And that's where my career started off, really. I never looked back since. With, what were you like at school? And the reason I ask this is that with, so I grew up in Liverpool. And some of my mates at the time, we'd go out on weekends and some of them were always looking for a fight. And I know that it's the, the, the mistake that people always think about boxers and fighting, but I'm always intrigued. Were you kind of, I was a bit of a troublemaker, but almost were you kind of a good kid or did you get into a few scrapes or? Um, I'd definitely say I was, I was a nice guy. Okay. I was a nice guy. Um, I didn't really go out looking for trouble in a sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I had one or two um fights you know as you do as you're young but to be honest i always kept myself to myself um but the, the boxing side it was more just the, the fitness that i really enjoyed at first anyways rather than really getting down and dirty and fighting so well, that's where that started yeah i've got friends that do kind of taekwondo that kind of thing and some of them did it to kind of channel their energy because again it's very physical and i find this as all you know almost if you had a really kind of tough day and you're physically tired it's great to just get your energy out uh, and you know i guess boxing is an incredibly would you say it's arguably the, the, the fittest sport you know the most physically intensive i'd say it's definitely up there as as one of the you know hardest sports one one of the most intensive sports um because you're using your whole body you know you're you're thinking about your opponent not hitting you and you're thinking about hitting them. You're moving your legs, your arms, you're dodging punches. All It's all happening quickly as well. So that brain energy, you know, um, it's a really difficult spot, I'd say. So you, um, obviously, you went to school, joined your first uh, boxing club. And then what was your journey through to your kind of first fight? So from there, it was it all happened pretty quickly. I think the, the coaches noticed that I had the natural talent you know the natural ability just to just to just to get in the ring and i felt comfortable in there and then um, for me i think within three months i was having contests with guys that have fought maybe 15 20 times and and i was winning those contests and that's what really gave me the the confidence to think you know what i can i can go somewhere in this sport because when i first started off it was more i thought oh let me let me try it out let me see what happens you know i wasn't thinking i was gonna um get there or, or be at the top of the game. So it, it was a re really good start to the journey. Because I must admit, with, uh, so I, I 
coach basketball and play basketball as well. And I think you can tell as a kind of a sports coach, almost just inherent ability in people, you know, hand-eye coordination, movement, that kind of thing. And then, so talk me through it. So how did you eventually kind of discover or be discovered by the GB team? So, yeah, so when it came to um, the GB selectors, sort of noticing that I had the talent, it was through the, the national championships. So every year your coach would enter you into the national championships and I was I was winning tournaments and I was getting to the finals and I was I was competing with guys that were already on the um team Great Britain squad. So what kind of and age was this? This was around this was when I was a senior around 17. Okay. 18 around that age. That's when I started entering the senior championships. But I think when I was 20, 21, that's when I um, I finally got selected to come for for trials for for the for the team and I excelled, you know, I had to, I had to go there at least, um, take four trips, you know, where I had to show my skills and be really show that I had it. And this, you trained in Sheffield, is that right? That's, that's correct. Yeah. In- English Institute of Sport. I don't yeah, know yes. you... yeah. Cause I used to play basketball the in the one. same place and the, the boxing yeah, yeah, sections near the men's change, well, near the change rooms, isn't it? As well, the big sports halls where you've got the athletics track. And I used to find it quite inspiring just to go to a place where uh, in Sheffield at the time when I first went to uni, it was 2002 and it had just started to get to kind of some European funding, but it wasn't necessarily the nicest place in the world. And then over the, the next kind of 10 years, uh, it got loads and loads of investment. And yeah, so I, I don't know, GB Sport, whoever uh, built this thing called the English Institute for Sport. And it's this massive complex. Uh, it's got a big outdoor kind of arena uh, and basically top I'm guessing it's one of the best kind of facilities in, in the country and it wasn't like uncommon that you would see Jessica Ennis training there and again you know obviously it's mostly sports people that go but it was always inspiring and obviously I don't well prior to you I didn't know any boxers but I just love it when you kind of get there's a good vibe about the place and it's you know so how did you find was that the first time that you lived away from home yep it was um prior to that you know I used to just just train at a local club I'd go home, see see my family. But um when I got selected to to join the team, it was more or less um a week on, week off sort of training camp. So I'd go there Monday to Friday, would have three sessions a day where they were really, really tough sessions, grueling sessions. And um you you were going against the elite, you know, yeah. the, the best in the world, and you had to sort of show them that you were up to that level, otherwise the, the next person coming in. He could take your position, so it was always very competitive on the on the GB squad, which, which I liked to be honest. Yeah, I must. I remember when I was kind of growing up, I was never. I was okay at basketball. It was never the best, but there's uh, like some of the northwest teams are sometimes short for the kind of England juniors level. And I remember getting a phone call on a Sunday, basically saying, "Steve, they're short. Do you want to come and train with the team?" And I was there just to make up the numbers. But as you do, you rarely want to impress. But I just had a full roast dinner, but I wasn't going to turn it down. And basically then I remember going to this trainer and just running my ass up. I was doing everything I could to sprint and just, you know, I just wanted to fit in. And then there's these things called suicide drills where you basically go, um, it's sprints. And we were made to do it twice. And I finished in a good time, but then went over to my bag and threw up in the corner. And it was at that point where, because again, most people, I guess that they do or they don't know you have the, the proper elite level you have to have elite level fitness but it's all most of it's the mindset as well and you know so say with boxing how much of it is pure physical strength and speed and how much of it is almost the you know the um mental game if that makes sense 
I think the mental side is is massive. I'd probably say the mental side you need that more than the the, the physical, in my opinion, because they say you can be beat before entering the ring. You know, a fighter can get in your head at, at the weigh-in the day before or just before you go into the ring. You know, he can beat you there, and the fight is done. Then, so you have to be really strong mentally to to progress in the sport. I'm a big fan of Tyson Fury. And I must have originally, when he first fought Klitschko, however long ago that was, I didn't like him. I thought he was a bit too abrasive, but over time, he kind of really warmed to me. And I read his book recently, and he was talking about, I don't know if you've seen this, and it was when he was a junior coming through, and he was sent to Germany to train with Klitschko in his training camp. And they all went uh, for saunas, and basically he was told, look, Klitschko is the sauna king. He has to go in first. He has to come out last and, you know, play by the rules. Don't annoy him. And basically, there's a really funny story in the book where Tyson, and he started the mind games arguably, what, 10 years earlier, and he was determined to outlast Klitschko in the uh, kind of in this sauna. And basically, he just started to get under his skin so much in advance. And then when he says that, he, you know, he finally came to fight him, he almost knew, obviously, there's some swearing in the actual kind of book, but he'd almost, <laughs> he knew he could get to him. And I think it is true that it's, uh, you often see in sport, if a team is going up against a, a bigger opponent, it can break people in advance, and I've kind of seen that. Can I ask, um, almost related to this, what kind of lessons do you feel that boxing or sport has taught you about life or that kind of thing? Um, I'd say definitely boxing has taught me a lot of lessons, and one of them is to be resilient. You know, um, just just keep going, keep going. Um, it's taught me to have a hard-working mentality um, because if you don't put the work in, you're never going to get to, you know, the top of the spot. Um, because the next person, your opponent, if he if he's working twice as harder than you, mm-hmm. you might be you might be physically a better fighter. You might have the better attributes, but if he works harder than you in training camp, when it comes to fight night, he could he could win that fight. So um, it's taught me to to really be hard working and really dedicated to my sport. No, awesome. Do you ever get to mentor kind of younger boxers? Um, not not officially, I wouldn't say I, okay. I've I've mentored before, but I do get messages now and then from younger boxers who who, who are in the sport and looking to come up the ranks, um, just asking me for just basic advice, and uh, I'm all, always willing to do it because you know, that's where I started as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really good thing to do for the younger ones looking to come up. Because I think it's it's almost it's a leadership point that it's it I you know it's great to do and give advice but then it's great you know to help people who are just they obviously look up to you and what you've done and what you've achieved, and it's uh, no it's cool because with my guest who was on the other day her name is Charlotte and we were talking about so she was a swimmer, and we were actually talking about how a lot of the skills and stuff that you can learn from sports to do with uh, leadership. Uh, hard work, resilience, which really kind of play off in business. So, you know, at some point longer down the road, and we'll almost kind of get to it later, you know, I imagine a lot of the stuff that you've learned will be huge traits that are massively valuable, you know, to either a company or if you ever kind of set up on your own. Going back to kind of the Sheffield GB kind of days, did you ever get to meet any famous names? Yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, when I, when I was around, Anthony Joshua, he used to train at Sheffield as well, and he was sort of um, just halfway starting off, halfway through his professional career. So we got to see him train um, three times a day. Um, I got to sh- to room with him a, a couple of times in wow. the flats. So it was it was really interesting, you know, to see this guy who's um, an Olympic gold medalist is is well known all over the world, but then he's 
in person is just a really humble guy you know he's just just very down to earth and um he'll just talk to you like you're like, like, like you're his friend you know did you did you meet him before he went to the olympics and also which was that 2016 are we talking about or is it 2012 he, he went to the 2012 okay. um olympics because actually um, the, that's when it so my, my wife and I, we also went to um, the 2012 London Olympics and we went to see, it was Anthony Agogo and we went to oh, the yeah, XL yeah. and it was brilliant because one thing that we loved was that you had the kind of the wives and girlfriends literally right next to us screaming. And actually kind of on that point, do, you, do any of your family, I guess your friends come and watch, but the, the do, do your parents ever come and watch you fight? Yes, they, they do. I mean, my, my dad has always been there from day one. Um, he, he always came to support me but when he came to my uh, my mother she was a little bit apprehensive at first you know she didn't want to see uh, her son getting beat up or anything in the ring so she wasn't she didn't really want to come and watch me um, fighting another boy in sense but over time I think it gave her confidence when I when I was coming home with no black eyes and yeah, I was yeah. winning contests, you know, and and I was enjoying myself as well. I was telling her you should really come and watch me. Um, she she started coming quite a lot, and it, it was good to have their support there. No, oh, cool. So, in terms of what what kind of weight level are you? What 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 division? Um, I, I box at flyweight or super flyweight. I mean, with this whole lockdown thing, I, I don't think I'm a flyweight <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'll have some pounds to shed when I get back in the gym. No, but that's, that's my category. Because when I got to see you fight in Newcastle, you are exceptionally quick. And it was almost, you know, how do you, what, what do you think your strengths are, you know, if any, that you kind of know you've got the edge over your opponents? Um, I'd definitely say one of my strengths is speed. Like you just said there, um, we're always working with my, my coach, um, Andrew Bett, and my strength and conditioning coach to improve it and improve it some more. So I definitely say my speed and um, I'd say my ring IQ. Okay. Um, I've been doing a lot of studying on like old fighters and, you know, the likes of Floyd Mayweather, how how defensively sound they are. Yeah, so yeah. I'd say I'd say them, them are my main attributes. So it's... Do you find it an advantage to control the middle of the ring and kind of, or I guess does it depend on the fighter? So do you actually kind of vary your style based on who you're fighting? Yeah, yeah. I think in in the sport you have to be able to to switch it up. Um, you have to show a different angle because um, one time you might box an opponent who comes forward and they're really strong and you can't match them for strength. So you have to you know move move your feet, box in and out, use mm -hmm. your jab, and then other times you have to sort of go forward and really take it to the fighter so it's all about having that that variation you know in your in your arsenal so you can <laughs> win any any match presented no cool do you mind if i ask <laughs> you about training camps it's one of those things that the it's it's funny i i class myself not as a big boxing fan but yeah i watch all the big fights i've got dvd box sets and stuff but you know but the like can you talk us through your average kind of training camp yeah so an average training camp i'd say last from anything from about eight to ten weeks at a time um you'll be training full time that that means two or three sessions a day and then that what could kind be of anything from are they strength yeah so fitness, everything yeah yeah so the, the sessions could vary normally on the morning you'd wake up you'd go for a run either it's sprints or a good long run maybe 10k maybe you know something like that and then after that 
your second session could be um, doing your strength and conditioning with with your coach, working on your speed, your your agility, you know, your power, lifting the weights. Um, and your last session, obviously, the boxing side comes into it where where it's really tough on the pads, long rounds, sparring, long rounds on the heavy bag, um, abs as well. And then by then you, you, you're knackered, you know, it's time time to rest and go again. So it's basically, you know, what's the peak physical condition you can get in for eight to 10 weeks time for that one fight? No, it's cool. That's it's interesting. It. Definitely. So you kind of, you go through training camp. Do you, I'm guessing you, do you do your homework on the other fighters? Get any footage you can see on this reputation? What are they good at? What are they bad at? And how you kind of work around that? Yes, yes, that's something that I've picked up from the amateur days. Um, we used to do it quite a lot, um, even at, at GB in in Sheffield. We used to watch watch your opponent, you know, pre- previous fights that they've been to, previous tournaments, and you you just study them, see what sort of weaknesses and strengths they have, and what you can do to sort of get advantage. But over time, um, my professional coach has said to me. You know, we don't really we don't really watch tapes, or I don't really watch tapes. He does he does the revision, and what what he says to me is, as long as I'm hundred percent, as long as I'm ready, mm-hmm. you know, the rest will come. So yeah, I just yeah. work on work on myself now. Because like applying that to business, it's almost a lot of companies and people they don't I don't think spend as, as much time as they should looking at their competitors because whether they like it or not, they will be good at stuff, whatever the stuff is. And almost, you know, if you can acknowledge those strengths, you can still play to yours. But I think, you know, there are some really kind of good uh, links with with sport in general and kind of business. So you kind of go through training camp. What taught me through the kind of day of a fight and the build up to actually kind of go into the ring? So for myself, on the day of the fight, I like to sleep in as much as I can. You know, just to get the couple of hours extra rest. So this is um, human. But, say, 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 if your fight's at nine o'clock, what time yeah. would you sleep in till? What is a sleep in for you? I'd probably wake up um, around nine ten a.m. Okay. okay, that's a that's a sleep in for me. Um, I'd always make sure that's well rested first of all, and I get my nutrition in next. You know, start loading up on my on my good energy foods. Um, not not too much. No, not over doing it over indulging mm-hmm. but uh, making sure i get my my rice my oats sweet potatoes that kind of stuff you know sort of midday and then as it gets a little bit later on during the day around three i always try and have a nap try and relax just switch off completely turn my phone off don't get no distractions just just relax completely so i can save my energy because i i believe that there's only a certain amount of energy that everyone has and i need to focus on just letting it go when it's time and that's in the ring so i have my nap i wake up um i watch maybe 10 15 minutes of some inspirational stuff and some videos of likes of roy jones jr um look at some really good fighters floyd mayweathers um and that's about it we head to the venue and we we get ready to go do you do kind of visualization do you you know um Obviously, you know what that is, but it's almost where do you do you imagine the fight, or do you just kind of get motivated and then go for it? Um, I'd say during the training camp, when I'm going through my my shadow boxing, or even on the bags, I think about what my opponent's going to do, what I need to do, um, and I sort of visualize um, steps ahead. You know, just try and be one step ahead of the opponent when it when it's time to get in the ring. Uh, but one thing I do like to do also, which I didn't mention. 
um, during the camps and on the morning of the on, of the fight is listen to motivational tapes as well. So the first thing I do when I wake up, I'll I'll get something on like a like a Les Brown or okay. or um, or Tony Tony Robbins or something like that on YouTube just to give me that boost. No, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, with this being like a business related kind of show, I guess, do you mind if we talk about like kind of the business side of boxing a little bit? I know we've discussed it in the past, uh, but I think people will really kind of find it interesting. And then after this, we'll touch on sponsorship and stuff, which we'll, you know, we'll kind of cover in a second, but almost how for a fighter, um, does it work? Are you classed as self-employed? Yep. So with professional boxing, we are classed as self-employed and we, we do our own taxes and, Sort of the way we we earn money, <clears throat> there's do, two different sides to it. So, um, at the lower end of the sport, when you're first starting off, it's mainly on ticket sales. That's how you make that's how you make your money. Um, you have to sell enough tickets to cover the cost for your opponent, to cover the cost of the manager. You know, they take a cut. So it's really tough at the beginning. Um, there's not that much sort of um, money in in the sport then, but. As you go further on in your career, if you're doing well, you could get signed to a big name, either Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Sports or mm-hmm. Frank Warren of BT Sport, where you'll get um, a set contract for each fight. And that's when you'll be earning sort of decent money, like a good living wage. Okay. And it just goes on from there, really. Because it, yeah, it was when we were talking about last time, it was almost the fact that if you're a boxing promoter, you arguably have lots of people that are self-employed that pay their own wages and it seemed like a very good business model to run events because arguably you know you get half a cut of the ticket price but actually you only have to sell certain number of tickets so it actually seemed quite interesting um would you like to so you're also sponsored you've got a few different sponsors um would you what what does sponsorship mean to you i think to myself sponsorship is really important or to any any fighter out there because Sponsors they help us out a lot um, throughout our journeys. You know they they help to cover costs where it comes to um, medical costs. It could be traveling expenses. You know you might have a training camp which is somewhere down the country. You need to travel for two weeks or something, or even abroad. I've been to Spain for the whole week of sparring. You know to find the right quality sparring partners. Um, sponsors they. They help you to really concentrate on your craft without having to go out and look for a full-time full-time job. So, And for me, I think if you're going to get the best out of it, you really need to be putting the work in the gym. You can't be juggling the two. So sponsors, they're, they're a massive part of the journey. Because when we and, um, spoke first time, it was almost the, from a business point of view, people sponsor people or events or things because they, they want to be seen and associated with the positive benefits of related to that. And um, basically, I imagine the people that sponsor you, they like who you are, they like what you do, they like how you go about things. And again, it's good publicity for them, uh, but it's also great that that actually enables you to follow your craft, follow your passion, follow your career. So it's almost a really kind of good win win there. Um, related to that, and also because I understand how this kind of works, do you want to, because we put three of your sponsors on the screen. So if you want to do a quick thank you to anyone in particular, you can just go nuts for a few minutes. I just wanted to say a massive thank you to all the sponsors that have been with me on my journey. Um, I'd like to thank CPD Bodies, and I'd also like to thank um, Imperial Recruitment. I'd also like to thank SNE Care for all the financial support that they've that they've helped me with, um, especially through these times right now. 
um, with the whole pandemic, what's, what is going on. I'm relying on them massively. So I just wanted to say a big thank you. Your ambitions, uh, like longer term, you attempted about kind of business type stuff. Is there anything you want to kind of talk about? Um, long term for myself, I've always um, thought about investments. And um, one thing that I do like is the the property game. Um, I, I've, I've been sort of doing my research um, speaking to some people already to sort of give me some good advice on how I, how how they started and how I can get started and who I should be listening to. Um, <clears throat> I just started reading a book that was recommended by um, one of your friends that was on oh, one of your Charlie. shows. Um, Charlie, yeah, yeah. He, he recommended me to read Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, it's a good um, book. I'm half, halfway through that, that right now, really enjoying it. But um, property is definitely one thing I'd, I'd love to get into in the future. Because it's funny that with the amount of people that have reached out to me to then reach out to Charlie since he was on has been ridiculous, like in a good way. But then actually what's been really good is that I only interview people that I know are good at what they do and like they kind of know their kind of craft. Um, but, you know, the feedback elsewhere. So he's done not well of it, but I, just, I like connecting people that I know. Uh, and then likewise, I guess with yourself, it's almost where some of the chats that we've had, I guess it's important to if you can raise more sponsorship because it allows you to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and it was almost, Definitely. I think there's a lot of companies that would really benefit from what you do. I think you could have a sideline in kind of motivational speaking to really kind of help educate people the journey, what you've been through, the mental toughness to go into the ring, the kind of GB squad. And that would genuinely kind of inspire a lot of people. And I think companies you know, would love to do that. And then I'm going to help you as well anyway I can to help you raise sponsorship with people I know, some of the kind of more corporate kind of sector, uh, just because I buy into what you're trying to do the way you do it. I love how open and honest you are. It does really kind of come across. Uh, so if there's any way I can help, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to kind of do it as well. No, I Before, really appreciate that. Steve. No, it's good, cool, but I, it's the right thing to do. It's, you know, it's, but it's, it, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, so I always ask everyone um, almost as you've kind of gone through your career and all the lessons you've had and everything you've kind of done, what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Um, the best piece of advice I've ever had um, linked with boxing is by a guy called Shannon Briggs, former world heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was doing a talk in Middlesbrough, I think it was last year sometime, and he said to me, you, you really have to study the game. Whatever, whatever you're doing, you have to study. You have to know it inside out. You have to know your opponents. You have to know, you have to know the, the right foods to eat. You have to right, know the right training methods. So really study whatever craft you're doing and you, you'll become the best at it. I think that's a great one. And actually, you know, you could apply that to anything. You could apply that to business. Uh, and it's just, no, that's a very good one. I like that. Um, so similar, if you were to give advice to your younger self and you can pick kind of whichever age you want, um, what would you kind of, what advice would you give? Yeah, so um, the advice I'd, I'd give my younger self is definitely never to beat myself up too much you know don't don't get down too much when at first in my career when i when i took um, some losses i used to be really down for for days and days and but now when i look back um those experiences that i went through they're the, they're the ones that are helping me now in my career so everything is a lesson you just you just have to learn from it and um ne never beat myself up that's what i'd um, tell my younger self i think that's a brilliant one 
the I've had, well, I guess everyone has ups and downs in their own life. And it's, it's, it's in hindsight after the kind of storms passed and you look back, you, you realize actually it's all of the bad times actually makes you stronger. And it's, you know, some of the worst times in my life almost are the, the things which I now most cherish because it made me realize certain things or appreciate my family or whatever. So no, I think that's, that's a spot on piece of advice. So what's next for you apart from kind of surviving lockdown and trying to get back to training? Yeah, so as of now, we've we've been given um, the update that possibly the events might boxing events might come back in July. This will be behind closed doors because obviously what's going on right now with um, the the coronavirus and everything like that. So fingers crossed. Um, but I'm not I'm not too sure. It's not concrete. It's not it's not concrete because we don't know what's going to happen next week or the week after that. So all I have to do is just keep myself rel- relatively fit, mm-hmm. um, keep ticking over with my training, and um, just 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 hope for the best, really. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely wanting to fight again. Hopefully, back end of the year, or even even get another two fights in and get that title fight that I've been wanting for a long time. No, cool. Well, I know that almost whatever you do, boxing or not, I think you'll do really well. I think it's you know often people recognize good people that have good moral intent, that work hard, that have grit, have determination. And I think, you know, so almost when if you go into property or investing or whatever, you know, I think you'll kind of do really well. Thank you for your time today. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to get Joe on from like the second I met him. And I think you've got a great story to tell, which will help inspire a lot of people from Borat or otherwise. And it's just, uh, no, I appreciate your time. Uh, stay safe. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll kind of stay in touch. And uh, yeah, thanks again. No, thank you very much, Steve. Um, also, I just wanted to say um, thank you to my coach, Imran Naeem, who's, who's helped me so much in my professional career. Um, thank you to all the fans that have backed my journey so far um, and also the sponsors. Thank you very much for backing my journey. You do have a big fan base. I remember in the build-up to your fight, Twitter just exploded. <laughs> and I think it's, you know a lot of no. people from Borough kind of celebrate local heroes, and I think you're definitely one. So uh, onwards and upwards to the next fight. I'll definitely kind of track your progress. And yes, stay in touch. No, definitely. Thank you very much, Steve.